you like our owl? How many questions does it usually take to spot? I don't get it, Tyrell. How many questions? 20, 30, cross-referenced. Fiery the angels fell. Deep thunder rolled around their shores, burning with the fires of a hawk. Welcome to the Shoal of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. I am your host, Jamie Prater, and I'm joined by my co-host. Mm. <laughs> Patrick Green. Jamie started with a sigh before we started recording, ladies and gentlemen. But the the intensity level is about to ramp up because we're going live on Facebook. First time we've done this in a long time. Long time. We have a full house tonight of people joining. We have uh, a lot to unpack tonight, whether true or not or speculative. Who knows? And uh, yeah, it's nice to see you, my friend. And you and Dan could not be with us because he made up some lame ass excuse about because <laughs> he was like, I gotta go. Do he an said interview. he had to interview someone, but he's not really interviewing. He's texting us. He's like, guys, I'm two drinks down. Thanks for giving me a break tonight. Like, what the fuck, Dan? What are you talking about? It's okay. We've been busy. Oh, I gotta interview a vet. Um, yeah, but what no, happened to that interview, Dan? Dan is right here in watching spirit. this right now. He's probably watching record- this shit. I know. We just recorded a frame rate on Mando ep- uh, season six last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know what this is referencing, so so we started off, we had to redo the entire beginning of the Mandalorian <laughs> season two conversation because Dan forgot to say what we were talking about. So so we got off to like a weird start. And then Jamie started talking about season three of The Mandalorian. And we were like, that doesn't happen yet. We got to do a reset. <laughs> but we did. And we got it back. And I got to say, that was probably the best frame rate we've done in uh, in a while. Which is saying something. Cause they've been that pretty was good great. Lately. Yeah, yeah. We've been firing pretty uh, well, I think, as uh, uh, the three of us. And yeah, it was fun. Uh, we're bringing on a new host. Her name is Gina Carano. I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a um no but tonight we are here to discuss uh some really bullshit rumors that are going on but it's been a long time since we've uh put ourselves in front of you on video live and we felt like it was it was a worthy topic even if the the people publishing this news we got this covered and comic book what's the other one so yeah, so this is um, we, before we started recording, we did a little deep dive into what the source material was for these rumors that are going around. There's we got this covered, which uh, as we like to say, ain't got shit covered because it's fucking bullshit. Twenty four hours a day, citing giant freaking robot. That's the website is giant freaking robot, uh, who is citing a quote unquote source, who apparently is with Marvel or Disney, but is making Warner Brothers announcements at this point mm-hmm. so who knows what that's all about the other thing that seemed on its face to be a little bit more verifiable was express.co.uk um who who was citing uh, something that was written in 2018 so you know this is what happens is these stories kind of blow up and then everybody wants to get clicks and then they just cite each other and it becomes this like little circle of uh 
Jerks. hot circle of garbage as Kevin <laughs> in the office. Yeah, yeah. Circle I mean, jerks. Uh, but but and all that being said, though, all that being said, this is worth talking about because yes. it's something that when when you mentioned this, you know, because I I'm not on social media that much. When you brought this up the other day in the thread, I was like. I don't care if this rumor is substantiated or not. This is probably something that they are talking about and will probably mm -hmm. be happening. And that rumor, of course, is that there is a live action series in development in the Blade Runner universe, probably to go to, you know, HBO because it's affiliated with Warner Brothers. Yes. And uh, iterations of that rumor, one that started in 2018 was that the in, uh, Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling would be back with their characters or those characters would be back in a new series, live action series. Of course, that's probably bullshit. I don't think either of them would do that for a TV series unless there was heavyweights involved like Denis Villeneuve um, and there was a great script, whatever, that's not gonna happen. Um, but I do think uh, a series uh, set in the Blade Runner universe is something very plausible. However, uh, the elephant in the room is Black Lotus, which was announced two and a half years ago CG animated show supposed to be on Adult Swim, uh, 13 episodes produced by Crunchyroll, made in Japan. There was a small update last last November or December or whatever, and they released two stills. And that's it. And they had a really long, boring interview with the these really amazing creators, but the interview was boring. And it was just nothing. They're like, oh, we're going to talk about Black Lotus. And there's two stills that were very small. They weren't even high res. They're very, very small, and that's it. That's all they release. Um, so there is supposedly something coming, which for us it'll be great. It'll be, you know, probably another couple of years of content in terms of a 13 episode 20. What is it? 13, 22 minute episodes. So that's a couple of films, three films ish. Um, and that will be a lot for us to discuss and to dive into. Hopefully it's good. What do you think of an actual live action Blade Runner series? Is that something you'd like to see? Before I get into the live action series and my, my thoughts on that. I, I, can, can we just rewind for one second and then go into it? I, I do want to address the Crunchyroll series just for a moment before we go further, because the, I, you're making a great point, which is that, you know, this was announced in November of 2018 and we've had only that tiny, tiny exposure, which had been really like, you know, pronounced as this huge announcement. It was, wasn't it tied into Comic-Con or something that was a, what, what what was that in the context of that the interview? I don't know. It was like an animation festival. I don't yeah, know, it was. It was, it was like um, a big thing. Yeah, it was like like a a, a big uh, like uh, not Crunchyroll, but um, an Adult Swim event. Yeah, it was Adult Swim, right? Exactly. Yeah, and so it was like you know it was like a main event thing. There's all this news coverage about it, and then there was just this like borderline incomprehensible half hour interview. And these two stills that looked like they were, you know, from 10 years ago or something. Um, and that was after like a year and a half of work on it. And now here we are in 2021. That's what and she was doing are... in one of the stills she was nope. pointing. <laughs> I just assumed that was a glitch in our internet connection right now because I, I have no idea what's going on. Um, now here we are in 2021 and we still like we have nothing since like we went all of 2020, Jamie, with nothing on this series at no, all. We, we, no, we at had all. two. No, we had 20... two stills. Two stills were released towards the end of 2020. That was 2019. No, Patrick, it was last year. Guarantee you. That was 2020? Mm-hmm. 
Wow, 2020 was a long year, so I don't know. <laughs> but that was definitely 2020. Okay. So, mm-hmm. we, so we got two still frames in the last year. Um, but like the, but that's it, right? And, and so supposedly they're still hard at work. But look at what's happened in the meantime, okay? You have HBO Max, which has emerged as a, as a really big contender in the streaming you know, uh, arena. Um, you, they are now, so now obviously HBO had an outlet before this, they had HBO go and, you know, HBO now, right. was their other one, but now they have this max platform with all this original content on it. That's doing gangbusters. And they're, they're trying to get, you know, they have all the DC stuff on there. They have these, these really big, you know, franchises. And, uh, I, I can't help but wonder if they're, if black Lotus is done and they're just wrapped up in, negotiations at this point trying to figure out like where this should be hosted or where this should be seen because um you know that happens in other franchises that we know and love right where something gets wrapped and then it gets shelved because they don't have a platform to put it on they don't have an agreement because of property changes hands i would not be surprised if that is part of what's going on with this holdup personally however Alcon owns the rights to Blade Runner, not Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers produced the film and helped distribute it. There was an agreement there. They're mm, not the yeah, intellectual right. property yeah. holders. So it might it could be yeah. Alcon saying, hey, let's find a better platform. Maybe this uh, animated series will work better on HBO Max. I'm not sure. Um, whatever the case might be, Alcon needs to get their shit together and release something for, for this show. Like this is... This is really the extension of of the series. Like interest is waning for sure. We're seeing it as a podcast. Um, I think a lot of it is impacted by the pandemic and life being really serious and emotional and difficult for everyone. And uh, Blade Runner is really heavy subject matter and people are going more towards popcorn and fun and light and stuff like that. Um, but I think Alcon needs to step in the game and really promote the show or release a trailer, get people excited, get us excited, get us on board. Um, so we can sort of see what they have next. Um, but I do think that a series, a live action series in the Blade Runner universe could be amazing. And I, I honestly, if they do, I don't want it set in the 2019 era. I want it set in the post 2049 era. I want it set in more of a, an environment that we're used to that we're familiar with now it pre post and during pandemic um, where it's isolate isolated. It's, it's, it's all of the, the feelings that Denis con- concocted and created with his actors and everyone involved for 2049. That's the world I want to go into. And they can do this relatively cheaply. Um, they don't need to fly to Budapest to do this. They can scout locations. They can find, they can do this, make a simple story um, but I also don't want it to be about a Blade Runner. I mean, I guess it's called Blade Runner, but I would w- I'd rather it be about um, replicants or Wallace or, I mean, build a show around Jared Leto's Wallace. I mean, that would be fucking amazing. Um, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, that could be really cool. I would love to see a Wallace series. I know Jared Leto has, you know, talked quite a bit about how he would love to do a Wallace film as well. That'd be really cool. Um, I think that like, it seems to me, at least, like this is so up HBO Max's content alley. It's not even mm-hmm. funny, right? It is mm-hmm. like a legacy flagship property. Like Blade Runner has never made a lot of money, but it has made so much more than that, right? Blade Runner is something that has a, a real heft behind it. 
And and going back to HBO for a moment, because even though, again, this is not based on any actual news or anything, and we have no idea if Alcon and Warner Brothers would even have a distribution deal for streaming in the first place, but like, say they did, um, like HBO has made its name on like, you know, heirloom quality television properties, right? Like starting from the era of like the Sopranos and, you know, things of that ilk in the early 2000s, like HBO has just done hit after hit after hit. You know, whether it's Oz or whether it's Trem or whether any of these like really groundbreaking things, things that they've done. And I think that Blade Runner fits into that mold because it's really thought forward, intense mm -hmm. stuff that pushes envelopes. And I think that, uh, you know, it's the simple fact that nobody else has it. Like it's 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 a property that has global recognition. And yet, you know, it's not on Disney Plus. It's like one of three things that's not on Disney Plus. Right. Um I mean, Warner Brothers is is still a force to be reckoned with as a as a as a place for content. It's not like MGM or something. It's a it's a really legitimate place, right? Um, and so I think that I could see them uh, fitting this into their material really well. And we've seen you know Raised by Wolves, which I know we have some differing feelings on, but that's an, another example of like a very kind of edgy sci-fi property that and that was an expensive show. An expensive show that that doesn't seem super marketable, but it did very well, and people somewhat liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and I think that it's, it seems like HBO is the place for that. It's a place for like adult stuff, you know? And I'm thinking forward, even in terms of, of course, I have nothing to do with this. I would never have any part of it. And, you know, unless lightning struck, um, but they could produce a show Blade Runner say that's produced post 2049 or in that world. And there's not a lot of actors in that film. There's not a lot of act people on the street. There's a couple of scenes of, you know, the food court and scenes here and there, but they could really produce a show like this with very few people, really with a good budget, with existing, um, maybe they go into LA and they shoot this. Keep it, keep it over here. Keep it cheaper. You don't have to go to Budapest. You don't have to go all these crazy places. Find some great locations here. I mean, where we, even where we hosted, um, our event in 2019. I mean, that's just Blade Runner all over it. They could really find local spots to shoot and and um, produce a show like this with a really uh, great budget that's not bloated uh, and get a really prime, like just top-notch, slick, hopefully Denis would executive produce or something and, and direct a couple of episodes. Pilot, and just... Yeah. Yeah, like it would just be great. It's it's a begging for it. Um, it and again, like you said, we don't have any uh, concrete knowledge of anything. The only thing that we do know is that Black Lotus is supposedly on its way. Alcon doesn't do any kind of fan outreach. They never have reached out to us. We've tried to reach out to them. Um, so there's nothing. There's not a word. There's nothing. We've heard nothing except for those two stills and that really boring video that they released um, with the people talking about working on the show during the pandemic and blah, 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 which I want to kind of go back and watch that again, just to get a little bit more like where they were, where like, they good are. Good luck. I, I couldn't even I know. Really make it. I couldn't make it through the whole thing. I was like, I really? Was yeah, I, I was, it was a tour. And you would think too, like a, a show like Black Lotus, it's going to be furthering their flagship Alcon's flagship IP, make it snazzy, make it a little bit interesting. Like, put some like American uh, producers in there to kind of like, oh yeah. So we've been talking about this, and here are some of the. They just didn't do any of that. They just kind of like, eh, this is what we can do. Here you go. 
It's very yeah, odd. But, but, I mean, there's something, if, it, if, it, if it's done properly, there is something kind of nice about that, that it's not very showbiz, right? Mm-hmm. But the way, the way that they've handled this has been, atro- I mean, it has been atrocious. And I will just go ahead and say that. They have this incredibly popular comic book series, 2019, that has wrapped. They have a new ongoing comic. They have two of them. They have an Origins comic and they have a 2024 comic that are going simultaneously right now with millions of variant covers getting read, getting winning all these huge awards in the industry. All of us are re- reading these things. They're great. And there are no ads in these comics for Black Lotus. I'm like, what better target demographic? I know. What? These are like comic book nerds who are Blade Runner obsessives. They will watch that show. Like, And the comics are doing well. There. They're the selling. They're a huge hit. I know. They're a huge hit. Like and, they don't uh, even have a release date for a show that comes out this year. It's just nuts. Right. It's, it's nuts. It's, it doesn't make any it's sense. It's super weird. And 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 the, again, that's why I'm saying to me. Oh my god, I'm so glad this delay is gone. I just want to say that this is so much. <laughs> um, to me, it's saying something about what I think uh, is going on behind the scenes, which is just that we're in this really shifting environment right now, and they're trying to negotiate things. And cr- you know, we're talking about Crunchyroll. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully. you know, Crunchyroll by way of. Uh, a cartoon network it was adult swim right so crunchyroll adult, adult swim, swim yes which are already somewhat separate from each other with an alcon property distributed by warner brothers so there's a lot of stuff created and on. produced by the guy who did um um blackout right right which was great you know so we'll see we'll see what happens on that front but back to the live action series i think that uh like what i would love i think personally would just be a, a replicant story you know sort of yes. like Gethsemane. I think it would be great to see the other side of that experience. You know, we've been talking so much about how the replicants are so fascinating. You know, I and mean, we've done three episodes in a row now, including one that you will be hearing shortly on this topic. Uh, you know, and and replicants are are endlessly fascinating, and it's a, and it's we only ever see them through the eyes of the people who are either hunting them or you know whisking them away, or building them, or killing them. I, I think it would be so fascinating to just have the replicants. You know, have like, I, like I, I would love. I mean, I've, I brought up multiple times on this replicant series that the Nexus Eight model to me is is the most fascinating. Um, I would love to like hear about some Nexus Eights who escaped Calantha and what happened to them after that. You know, absolutely. Give me a Sapper Morton series. Give me yes, something about, right? yes, like something Which that not, tells yeah, the story, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Alexander House, how you doing? He just asked, "Have you guys tried to reach out to Crunchyroll?" I have several times. Never a word. Never a response great customer service um uh craig coin um says it's all blade runner fan fiction for rich guys that's the way i look at this all i'm not really sure what he means by that but Mm. um yeah i think a replicant uh story would be great i mean even like the the moment a replicant is woken up like where they're shipped off to a little bit into the creation of them pull back that curtain a little bit don't do it all the way we don't need to see it all, or even if they decided to show us all. I mean, we know in Westworld how the 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 bots are created, and that's fascinating. But they don't get too far into it. They show you a little thing. They show you the tanks. They show some like printing happening, but you don't really you're not really sure where everything is coming together. Right. Um, there's no, even there's in no the, like big midichlorian moment in there or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, or like, what's that planet in Attack of the Clones? Oh, the, the uh, ca- um, not the calamari, the uh, Kaminoan. Yeah, Kaminoa. Yeah, yeah. Kim- Kamino. 
Camino, right? Camino, yeah. and it's the yeah. Kaminoans. Yeah, right. Kaminoans, yeah. Something like that where it is mysterious, but keep it dark. Keep it noir. Keep it... Um, I mean, even if, of course, my fanboy would say, what if it was a, a, a show or a film about the experiment that was Rachel before Deckard met her? What that was like, what they were going through, and you don't really know that it's her until towards the end of the first season or whatever um, until she's actually introduced. There's so much that they could really do. Yeah. Um, or Staline, I, like still the early days oh, of Staline. Yes. I mean, there's a huge time. And part of me feels like Michael Green was putting that in there in such depth to hint at a possible future film, which, which would be the days of the, you know, the early days where they were on the run, they're being hunted, right. As Deckard says, um, like what that was like, how they found the resistance movement, how the resistance movement spirited them away to this, you know, remote farm, how that, how, you know, she was birthed into this world in the midst of death and was this like impossible miracle in a bleak place under a dead tree. And, and, and then, you know, what it was like to have this child on the run. Like, I think that, I mean, my God, what a great story that could be, you know, I mean, that's just, and, and, and it's not even on the run from Blade Runners, right? They're on the run from a corporation who's trying to hunt them down. Like it's, it's just a fascinating story. Yes. Uh, and I would love to, uh, to see that. One of the great things I think about Blade Runner is that we do this when we watch it. Like our imaginations are just all, I mean, I, I, I never am like fully paying attention to the movie because I'm always like in my head also thinking like, oh my God, like what happened with this? And like, where did this come from? And why can they do this? You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that that's the kind of material that works great for streaming series because everybody else is watching it is also like, what's happening there? It's, it's just like David Leach, the executive uh, editor of the Titan comic series, which again is great mentioned he was like a, a big early idea for this was like what's happening in some of the other windows behind them in 2019 when they're walking in the street like what if we just like went into that window mm-hmm. what's the story being told there right it's a universe full of material to explore mm-hmm. uh, i completely agree uh, do you want to get to some comments yeah okay let me scroll down to hey michael scudieri where's your metachlorine moment i see how you spelled that um Okay, so there are 19 comments on a post I made three days ago um, asking people what do they think about a Blade Runner live action series. Um, Christopher, I don't know, Riso, Risco, Risco, I'm fucking that up, I'm sorry. He says he would like to know more about a harpoon, the harpoon slash shipbreaker guys that live in San Diego um, and about oh, maggot yeah. farmer politics. That would be great. I mean, that, those, cool. that was like a whole gang of, that would be interesting. For that sure. scene is so, I, you know, we were just rewatching 2049 like last week and, and I was struck by how intense that scene is, you know, and how much they're able to pack world building into this, you know, the trap, I mean, the trash maze that we've talked at length about on this show is just a masterpiece of in so many ways but like the character work there the costumes like their culture with the harpoon and things like all of these little like how they how they exist in this you know wasteland outside of outside of another wasteland i think this would be so cool yeah i love that mm-hmm. idea. yeah and again it's something that they could kind of do relatively cheaply i mean it's yeah. everything there's so much in post 2019 world in 2049 that's even more abandoned and shelled out and hollowed out and debris there's so they could really create a show relatively easy i think yeah even a, a fan film would be great set in that world if it was well done yeah. alexander house um let's see robert mcnay says 
part of the original agreement to make more movies in the Blade Runner universe was that they can't use any of the original characters and situations. Um, I don't know. IIRC, what does that stand for? If I recall. If I recall, part of the original agreement to make more movies in the Blade Runner universe was that they can't use any of the original characters and situations. I don't understand that because the sequel used the original characters and situations. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I, I'd like more information you know yeah me too it's me entirely too. possible that we've missed something yeah so yeah yeah um william james park the first says i think some offward colony tension starship action planets where replicants are taking control that's interesting of course it blows up the budget look at me thinking about budget because i want the show soon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it, it could there's endless possibilities i think not yeah. showing off world will continue to work well for um the world of Blade Runner. I don't need to go off world. There's enough happening on Earth. But I, if it's I, done I well, the, we don't care. I think the way it's done in the comics is the way to do it. You know, which yeah. we've mentioned a little bit, which is it's you just see these tiny glimpses of things and it's like frightening for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's you know, off world is depicted in Blade Runner so often as like where the rich and the famous can go. And, you know, if you can get off, then you can go explore, you know, the, the cosmos. But like the reality is, is that along with anything like that, any like imperialistic endeavor like that, there are people who get ground into the earth, right? And and of course in Blade Runner it's usually replicants. But anyway, seeing seeing the replicant experience of off world in the comics to me was really fascinating mm -hmm. and just as mysterious as ever. And uh, and I loved it. I would love to see something like that. And I would love to see something where they could use similar to the Mandalorian, a volume space, right? But like a combined physical set with oh, a for digital sure. projection. Yes. I mean, you know, like I, I love location shots as much as anybody. I would love the idea of them going to Los Angeles, but I also realize it's COVID. You know, I realize that it's very hard to get permits for that kind of a thing now. Like if if and also that Mandalorian on a comparatively small budget to a feature film, at least on a per episode basis, right? is able to like really do amazing, amazing stuff. And I feel like, you know, Blade Runner would fit that. I mean, I, I, I get chills thinking about what they could mm -hmm. do with, with the volume space for Blade Runner. Like oh, I didn't even think about that. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, Neil James voice says it's a big world. Plenty of stories could be told. John Hole says, hope it's more interesting than Minority Report. Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams wasn't quite as good as I'd hoped for. That's interesting. We've never discussed that before. We Philip have K. not Dick's discussed that. Yeah. Show, which might be a great Did you finish rate. it? I didn't honestly. I was Neither bored by I. what I was watching. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I stopped watching it, but I, I would like to go back to it because I feel like we. It should, felt too know? much like the Twilight Zone, and it didn't feel enough like Philip K. Yeah. Dick. No, I agree. Um, it just felt too flashy. I I think that Dick's work demands a level of rawness and lack of sheen that that series just had too much of that pulled yeah. you out of it part of his work is you can relate to it i couldn't relate to any of that stuff in that show not yeah. to say the show that didn't have its merits it wasn't well produced and slick and well acted it just didn't feel like a world that i i was yeah. familiar with at all but now that we're talking about it i kind of want to revisit it because I, I yeah I, sort I lost of me interest too. and i didn't go back to it and maybe maybe it'll hit me differently now you know it a was show produced that does by something similar yeah right yeah who's who's been a great legacy manager for him in the in recent years uh have you watched clarice at all uh, yes i watched the first episode and i don't think i'm gonna watch it anymore i do not have strong enough words for how much i fucking hate that i think it is so poorly done it's so it's, derivative oh it's my so god so derivative and there are so many shots in it i was like micah count the number of different 
camera setups they have in a given scene. And it's like every person who talks has their has like a medium shot and then a close shot of them. And it's like it's like boom, 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 because it's a network television show. And, and it's a pilot, so they have more channel. money for pilots. And it's just so like, they got like so eight cameras. Rot. It's just so. Yeah. And 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 at the heart of it, like, is this level of commercial sheen that like yes does, does not work. But we watched Red Dragon again over the weekend. I love which that is, movie. I, oh, I love Red Dragon. That was one of my frame rate choices until we got to oh. one, by the way. That was that was one I was thinking of. Um, and uh, like that, you know, and, and that, I don't even think that uh, the guy who, who who directed that, I can't remember his name. He was a Me Too the, the pilot? The pilot? of Oh, Brett Ratner. No, not Clarice. Yeah. yeah. Brett Ratner, right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's not like I love Brett Ratner as a filmmaker, but I feel like he understood Thomas Harrison's yes. material and he understood the yeah. Jonathan Demme film and he shot it in that mold. And it's like mysterious and not commercial. And Clarice blows that. So well, hard. Clarice is just trying to ape things that have gone before. And even in the moments that they recreate from Demi's film, it looks aesthetically like it came from Demi's film without any of the mystery, without any of the yeah. texture, without any of the patience. Yeah, it's just if crap. they wanted to create a show called Clarice that's interesting, slow the fuck down. Take your time. Yeah. Use silence. Draw this out. That's why Hannibal was so great. It, yeah. it, it, it learns also patience. a network television. So, so I was oh, thinking because yeah. it's a network show, but Hannibal was a network show too, and you would never know it watching it yeah. now on Netflix. It doesn't feel at all like it's because you had actual artists behind it, as opposed yeah. to I don't know who's behind Clarice, but clearly they just want to. I think that I think I love the character of Clarice. I do. I was excited about this show, and yeah. after I saw the first episode and they resolved everything at the end, I was yeah. like, "Fuck this." Yeah, I haven't watched it since then. Anyway, um, let's get back before we close to comments. You have some more you want to get to? Yes. Uh, Dan Deckard says, The Replicant Revolution has so much potential and stuff to explore. I'd love to see anything related to them gaining power and influence within their own. I think that that's great. That's a great idea, but the budget is the only thing that I think could be an issue that's with true. that because it requires a large cast, but a really cool idea could totally work, but it would also make a good movie. You know? Yeah. Um, David Blackwell says there has already been a series inspired by Blade Runner and Total Recall called Total Recall 2070. Was that a TV series? I think so. I don't know. But we're not talking about a series inspired by Blade Runner. We're talking about a Blade Runner series. Um, Would what be if you what would be interesting in terms of replicants? What if in some remote part of the world in 2049 era, there's another replicant that has a child? What if it starts happening? Um, where, you know, and that's a whole exploration right there because what if this thing, what if there's something that's happening that's, I don't know, that's something happening within the ranks where, you know how in Jurassic Park, um, that famous line by Dr. Ian Malcolm, nature uh, finds a way. It's life finds a way, Jamie. Oh, yeah. What, like, duh, <laughs> nature. <laughs> he did the pause um, right, though, you know. Yeah. Uh, but something like that, where it's a small community of replicants who are enslaved in some whatever, and one of them gets pregnant, and she has no idea what's happening to her. No idea. She, she has no memory. She's just, a, she's just like, maybe she's, um, they bought her model without pl- implantations. She's just this autom- automaton or whatever, this biological automaton moving picking things up whatever that they're doing and somehow she gets pregnant um and so she gives birth to this baby and it could put the entire region into uh danger if the knowledge gets out so this starts happening i I just look at me coming up with stories i think that's that's a cool idea (laughs) i feel like that would 
not play well though because of Rachel. I, I feel like that that's like treading too close to like holy. Maybe, but I think Rachel was just the precipice. You could see yeah. that Rachel was just a precipice. It was just the first step. We don't yeah. know what else is going on with the yeah. other replicants. You yeah. know, and maybe this happened like in the future, and maybe you see Wallace as like an old man or something, and he's and this is like he, he you know, yeah something. That what he if it's parthenogenesis? parthenogenesis yeah What's that? within the replicant species parthenogenesis is when oh that's when certain... they switch genders right yeah no they don't even switch genders it's when um with the absence of a male like on the galapagos island um the komodo dragon uh, yeah they just lay eggs and and the eggs are they hatch with babies but the yeah. babies only contain contain the, the dna of the mother because yeah. there's no father it's fascinating right. stuff it happens all the time in nature but it would yeah, be interesting to explore yeah. that in replicants like anyways me spitball in there um there's there's a lot of cool places this could go you know let's see there's plenty of off-world blade runner stuff that could be explored yes we world similar to ultra carbon i fucking hate ultra carbon Um, uh, there are elements of the show that i enjoy it's very well done for sure and i love what's his name um the actor what's his name I can't remember. Joel, right Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. 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 Yeah, yeah. He's fun to look at. Um, but I can't stand the show. Um, last one is Ronald D. Moore would certainly have to be approached to be its showrunner. His reimagining of Battlestar Galactica is evidence enough that he can create brilliant, mature sci-fi in a budget that also appeals to a broad audience. Man, Battlestar Galactica, because it deals with Cylons who are human, that have pushed, like, who have evolved and so they're human-like um there's so many parallels with replicants it'd be great fodder for a um frame rate or discussion at some point but you guys would have to watch it which would take you for fucking ever yeah that's not an issue um but yeah that would be great ron ronald d moore is actually making a series uh, about Tomorrowland or something for disney oh yeah that's right there's a a tomorrowland series coming yeah right but yeah but those are great those are great um suggestions and the sky's the limit really if they're interested yeah but again you know alcon is uh pretty laid back with their property you know when you consider that we had a movie and then we had nothing and then we had a one computer game and then we had nothing and then we had a, a movie and now we have some comic books and that well, in we the had midst four, of that, four shorts was... and then another movie well the, well, the shorts were the they were, three they were for the they were the three shorts were for the movie though they were for twenty four yeah, they were like the special features of twenty four mm-hmm. um, it's just you know it's pretty pretty insane to me you know the fact that we haven't had more I mean licensed merchandise there's just like there's just like nothing out there yeah, for Blade amazing. Runner fans yeah and, it's, uh, it's fascinating so I don't think they're the ones who would be well I guess part of that you know we talked about this a little bit on a previous episode was due to um, the rights being hard to pin down for a while. There was a lot of back and forth on that. But anyway, we don't have to get into that now. My point being that um, I, I don't think Alcon is the one that's going to be making this happen. I think it might be up to fans to push for this, you know? If you want to see this happen, do it. Start a petition. Start asking questions. Start poking around. Because I truly think that HBO Max is sitting on a gold mine with the live-action Blade Runner series. I think it would be a marquee title for them. I think it would be unforgettable. And I think that we are in an era where you can actually create that on a television budget. And we're in an era where we have this whole generation of artists who are coming of age in streaming television, making serialized highbrow content over many, many hours, you know, and they know how to do it. And, uh, and we should be 
exploring that. You know, I, I would love to see it. I agree. Well, that's probably all we got today, I would yeah. think, right? Thank uh, you all we'll for be putting back. up with our technical issues. I apologize. Yes, for yes. And we're going to release this as a formal episode, just kind of a, a little bit of a break in our 2049 series as we reassess and think about what, we're, what we want to talk about next. And so we'll, we will be releasing this via audio in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, because two weeks is what's today tuesday or wednesday it's Today's wednesday, wednesday right? but we do have yeah. another replicant show too so we got to figure out what order oh that's right so this will be yes this will be about four weeks away or maybe we'll yeah. just throw it in in some time we'll see yeah we'll see you saying no we don't the replicant show was just the last replicant show three was released yesterday yesterday that's, it's wednesday yeah. already that's right okay no yeah, yeah so this will be out in two weeks <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody for watching Bye, and uh, if if you guys have any more comments or any more suggestions, please post. If you want to support us via Patreon, you go to bladerunnerpodcast.com forward slash support. Sign up for $2 an, uh, a month. I was going to say $2 an hour. $2 a month, and that is the good until line. March 1st. And we'll go to $4. We could really use it. We have a lot of things coming. Um, something very specific that I've been working on and Patrick will help out with hopefully in the next uh, few weeks. So thanks a lot. Yeah, and if you're watching this live, Remember, as Jamie mentioned, you have one week, one week to sign one in week. at two dollars, and they get grandfathered in, and you'll never be asked to pay more than that. Seven but for those days. Of you, <laughs> you, this is the <laughs> ring now. For those of you who are on the fence and you're kind of going back and forth, two two dollars if you can afford it for a whole month, we will get you at least two extra shows per month, but sometimes three, sometimes four, um, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to. And there's already like forty three episodes. There's a shitload, and it's mostly pretty good. It is. It is. Thank you, everybody. All right. See, See you guys. Bye, guys. Bye. If you would like to find out more about Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast, please go to www.bladerunnerpodcast.com. If you would like to support the show via Patreon, please go to www.bladerunnerpodcast.com forward slash support. Thank you.